Welcome into another edition of the Angry Quarterbacks. I'm Richard Skinner from Local 12 and Local12.com with the real quarterback, Tony Pike of Reading, UC, and Carolina Panthers fame, and now a quarterback whisperer to many in this area, many yes. a young lad in yes. this area. Um, we'll talk about that a little bit more. As always, we talk some NFL and Bengals, um, if you can consider the Bengals as a member of the NFL. Uh, we talk some college football and we talk some high school football. Actually, that's coming up in the next segment. For this segment, we will start with the Bengals. And um, I honestly don't know where to go from here. I, I, I think that what we have to know now is we have to hear from somebody in charge other than Zach Taylor. Yes. Who has helped put this roster together and what your plan is moving forward to fix it. And yes. that may mean in the next couple of weeks what the, I don't need a specific that I'm going to trade Carlos Dunlap for this. Right. But the fact that, yes, we are going to listen to trade offers. And if a trade offer comes along, we are going to take it. We are going to be more aggressive in free agency. We're not going to pick at the scrap heap when it's all been picked out already mm-hmm. and take the John Millers of the world, take the Preston Browns of the world. We're going to take some of the money that we were maybe going to use to sign A.J. Green with and save that for free agency next year and attack free agency in a different yeah. way. I want to know a plan. And you know what I'm afraid? Either they don't have a plan, and they're sure as hell not going to tell us what the plan is. Yeah, I, I saw today a letter from Carl Linder on Twitter from FC Cincinnati yes. saying, hey, yep. we're going to be better. What happened this year? And that could be lip service, but at least it's it. something. Right. But at least it's something for the fans. Mm-hmm. The fans in Cincinnati are longing for something to cling to right now. Because you look at what's going on with this team, and we can talk about the game itself, but you look around what's going on with this team. I've heard players come out and say, we need to be better. I've heard the coach come out and say, we need to be better. And he's even talked about himself, and he yes. needs to be better. I've not heard anything from the brass up top. Me neither. Come in and say, we need to be better. So when you have that, you you basically just leave your fan base, which is a fan base that's retreating right now. Quickly. And so, and, and Quickly. I gave, I gave this this uh, instance on the Tony and Mo show yesterday. I said, you know, two years ago, if a play like that fourth and one run play would have happened, I would have had forty or fifty text messages from friends or family. Now, I got I got two and now on it, Sunday. People people laugh at right. it more than anything else. But I got two. Wow. So that tells me that either people aren't even watching yep. or people don't care anymore. And when you have that and you see what the attendance is and you see that UC who as great as UC is, they're not a power five school. They're drawing 40-plus thousand on a Friday night. Sold the joint out. Sold it out. And then you're putting that product on the field Sundays. Someone needs to answer. And I'm with you. You either come out and you say, here's our plan, and we're going to be aggressive and we're going to listen, or you give off the idea that you're going to stay just as you are, which is swinging and missing majority of the draft, not signing any big free agents, and not making a a trade. And and we've talked about – everyone's talked about the A.J. Green rumors and – I just want to know by the trade deadline, either you have A.J. Green signed or not. If you Absolutely. let him continue it's not, it's throughout not, the rest no, no, of the no, season. No, it's not even a hard t- – you either have a signed contract yes. by the time October 29th at 4 o'clock comes along, yep. or you have signed a trade with somebody Correct. else. There is no – There's no in-between. We're just going to ride this out. Yeah. Because that, that to me, that, that puts your organization behind light years. No question. So you have an opportunity, and people talk about draft stock and this and that. Draft picks don't just equate to draft picks. Teams will give up – valuable assets for draft picks. Yes. You could maybe move a first-round pick for a Trent Williams. You saw what Pittsburgh did with Minka Fitzpatrick. Well, 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 in that scenario that you're talking about, suppose you get a a first-round pick for A.J. Green. Now you got two. Yeah. And you you basically have Jonah Williams coming back. So you have three first-round picks just from A.J. Green. Yes. So to me, there's... There's all these moving parts. You just have to make a decision and go forward with it, or else you're telling your fan base, basically, huh? Doesn't matter. No, and, and whatever. That's the part I think that's that's the most frustrating. If you are a fan, I really think they believe this. I think it's twofold. 
A, I think they thought they were closer to that 4 and 1 team of last yeah. year than the 2 and 9 team that finished it. Um, and I get some of that, Tony. I do. Um, because injuries kind of took their toll in that 11 game stretch. But you can also look at the 4 and 1 stretch and, and go, yeah. look, uh, Indy was driving to score the go ahead touchdown, and you forced the fumble, scooped, and scored to seal that win. Yeah. Baltimore cut a 28 7 lead to 28 23 before you kind of put that one away with a couple of field goals. The Miami game, you were all out in the fourth quarter scoring two defensive touchdowns to win that game, or that's a loss. Right. You get a last second touchdown pass at Atlanta to beat them. So there's a little smoke in yeah. there. And look, your record is what it is. I'm not going to take right. away that they had a 4 1 start. Um, well, then you can't take away that they've lost 14 out of 16. That is correct. And I, but I think they really believed. And, and I'm okay with this. If, if somebody would just tell me that, listen, we really thought we were close to that. But no one's going to tell you that. That's a problem. That's the problem. We're all just left kind of wondering. Yes, correct. And now you get to a point where it's like, okay, well, where, where does the, the and they buck truly, stop? They, and they truly believed that all it was going to take was a coaching change to yeah. make this better. That was what they sold the fan base on is this is going to make it all better. And listen, I think you and I talked about this last week. The coaching change had to happen. Yeah. Okay. It, it, it was more than past time for that, that portion to happen. And I'm not here to tell you this is a Zach Taylor issue yet. It could be. I mean, mm-hmm. he's lost his last 10 games as a play caller. I do know that. Yeah. Um, going back to his UC days. But, yeah, I, I need to hear. I think I think your fans deserve mm-hmm. to hear something. I know you thought you were doing them a solid by getting rid of Marvin and bringing in this hot young coach off of the yep. hot coaching staff in the uh, of the L.A. Rams. Okay, you can sell us on that for a very short period of time, and it kind of it created zero buzz in the offseason. Right. Well, the, it created zero buzz to start this season. I mean, it... it You've got to have a plan and, and convey that plan right. to the fan base. Well, the, the problem is the fan base has nothing to hold on to. If I'm an nothing. Arizo- if I'm an Arizona fan right now, I can hold on to the idea of Kyler Murray in the future. Yeah, I, I'm going to go through my lumps this year. Right. Still, they're not going to win a lot the, of games. The worst team, I think, in football, the Miami Dolphins, have 10 picks in rounds 1, 2, and 3 and $120 million in cap space. Yes. This year might be bad. But if I'm a Dolphins fan... 2021 looks pretty good. I'm like, okay, let me start looking at some of the guys that I could get next. Mm-hmm. Let me see, look at the free agents. Let me see what we could trade. All these assets we have. We in Cincinnati have none of that right now. No, so no. we have none of that to look forward to in the future. And then you watch a game, and there's there's three aspects of this game that, to me, were disheartening. One on the defensive side for the third, was it well, the second straight week. Mason Rudolph last week, Kyler Murray this week. I watched a... Young quarterback come in and not really be pressured. Not pressured at all. I watched it. It was pretty easy on him. You get a matchup with Nick Vigil on your running back, take it. They vacate the box, run the ball. A team that ran for 98 yards a game coming in the game ran for 266. I got news for you. In the NFL, that is a ton of yards. I have news for you. The Ravens, they run the ball. The Jaguars, they run the ball. The Rams, they can run the ball. So defensively, that side disheartening. Offensively, 22 passing yards and a half for Andy Dalton against a terrible secondary in Arizona. And then I've been I've been screaming this for weeks. You signed Giovanni Bernard to an extension in the offseason. You had no John Ross, no A.J. Green this week, and you're telling me a guy that you said, hey, you know what? Whoever made the decision, whether it was organization, whether it was Zach Taylor, you said, you know what? Let, let's, let's buy in and give Giovanni Bernard a third contract, which running backs in the NFL, that's okay. tough to do. I, I'll give you my answer on that in a second, but I know what you're saying. I mean, he's on your roster. Right. I think I'd find a way when I'm down some weapons to, yeah. to put him on the field. There were a couple snaps he and Joe were on the field together. Yes. I want to see more. Yes. I want to see more. I, I do think the Giovanni Bernard signing was absolutely, in my opinion, a preemptive strike for a Joe Mixon possible holdout after this year. I yeah. think that was what they decided. You know what? We're going to have a chip to use when he uses a chip against us. Well, okay, that's fine. I'm, I'm okay with that. But you have him on your roster. Right. Utilize him. Yes, especially in a game where you don't have your weapons. Right. Giovanni Bernard, his whole career in Cincinnati, 
has shown he can run in between the tackles, outside the tackles. I think he's a better pass blocker right now he's than what Joe pa- Mixon is showing. He's a terrible pass blocker. He can split out and catch passes, and he can catch so passes out of the backfield. Yes. Okay, listen, if you're in a passing situation or you want Correct. to throw it, put Gio in the backfield, put Joe lined up out wide, and let's go with that. Give me Giovanni Bernardo as a wildcat. I'm, I'm fine with that, Put too. them both in there. We saw it from Pittsburgh. I've seen what Taysom Hill has done in New Orleans. There's, there has to be a way. Look what Ingram and Kamara did the last couple of years before Ingram went to Baltimore. Right. I mean, there, there's possibilities to put two playmakers on the field when you don't have playmakers surrounded. And that, 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 that to me, when your offense has been this bad, I don't understand how he doesn't see more snaps. All right, I'm giving Zach Taylor a pass for now. Um, what say you on that? Where, where do you stand on, on, on the job you think he has done well, he's, as a head coach and as a play caller? He's playing with a, a short deck. No question. Uh, but to me, there's just been question marks of, you know, how how do you have the success coming out and running the ball the first drive and then don't get back to it until late in the game? How do you not establish what's going on against a team? Look, the Arizona Cardinals... What is this team's identity on offense? Correct. If I ask it, honestly, they don't have one. Right. The Arizona Cardinals defense was not good. No. They're not good. They're not going to be good. No. So you come out and you... Again, a quarterback in his ninth year passes for 22 yards in the first half. We've seen the offense be abysmal in the first half all season, really. I don't know. I know he's playing with, again, a the, the short end of the stick. But to me, fourth and one, why we're in shotgun, why why Andy Dalton's following Joe Mixon through a hole. Like I can live with – I love the call to go for it. I do too. Get under center. And Tom Brady's 50 years old and can still Dude, quarterback sneak for a yard. It wasn't even a yard. No. It was a, it was a foot. Quarterback sneak or get under center, turn around and let Joe Mixon run in an eye formation. I think you can make a sneak in that yes. I really believe that. That, um, that to me – that's when I, when I see stuff like Auden Tate drop a pass, or if I see a bad, like I can, I attribute that to like, they just they don't have the guys that right. can get off coverage right now. But on fourth and one, when that's the play you throw out there, that's what you question. Yeah. And again, when you when you're five games in and you can't give a team's identity, and you're five games in and you're making the same mistakes defensively, it's it's almost like the the broadcasters of the game are laughing at it. Like, you'd think when every team beats you to the edge, you could do something to change that. I, I, I think, honestly, some of it is you got you got Jesse Bates won't come down and tackle anybody right. anymore. Uh, Sean Williams does, and he's also, he's, a, he's a torpedo, and he's yep. killing you himself. You have two corners that don't want to two tackle. Two corners don't want to tackle. You didn't you address your linebacker Your linebackers position. aren't fast enough or athletic enough to get to the edge. Right. If your end, who's making business decisions, it looks like, your high-priced defensive end in Carlos Dunlap, yeah. is getting blocked up and not being able to, to, to set an edge. Yep. I, I think I just keep attacking the, the, the perimeter. Well, we have Jermaine. Oh, well, no, he doesn't play. I will say this. We did talk to Luana Rumo yesterday, and we asked him specifically about Jermaine. He said, I've got to – he said, some of that's on Jermaine. He said, yep. right now, some of it's on me. And he said, you know, I get him in a game, and he goes to the wrong gap, um, and I, I get him out. And he said, I, I need to kind of trust the process a little bit more. And I said, I get it. I mean, it's a close right. game. Right. I, I, but I, I think you will see some more Jermaine Pratt snaps. Now, whether that's a good thing or not, I don't know. I get, I get being a close game, but games like San Francisco, he should yes. have been in there more. No doubt. I, I don't Games like, that. you know, Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh get him absolutely. in there more. So, no, I agree with you. And, and, and that goes for the other side of the ball, too. If your identity going to the offseason was going to be run the ball, Drew Sample should be on the field. No doubt. But if you look back to, I believe it was not this week, but last week, out of 10 rookie tight ends, he was the lowest graded run blocking yes. tight end. Now, his pass blocking has been really, really good. Great. But, I mean, it, that. That was your second-round pick. You had to go up and get him because yeah. he can block, that, I mean, and he's not blocking. I mean, that was a specific pick for a specific yes. reason to be a run-blocking tight end like that's to help you in the run A run-blocking run tight end, the field? that's like fifth or sixth round. If you're going to get one in the second round, he better be a starter. Yes. 
especially when 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 there's third, fourth, fifth round grades on the guy, you better be going up to take a chance on a guy knowing and this so, guy's going to be a starter for us. So that's where I go back to whose fault is this right. that we're. I mean, and that's where this organization is really hard to pin down because if I were to ask you. Um, in the last five years, not counting this draft, the five years prior, who was responsible for pulling the trigger on draft day? I have no idea. Was it Mike Brown? Was it Marvin Lewis? Duke Tobin? Was it Duke Tobin? Right. Was it a conglomerate decision? I, yep. I don't know that. All I know is this. Since the Andy Dalton, A.J. Green draft of 2011, so the drafts since then, mm-hmm. how many guys have made a Pro Bowl in the, la- in the draft classes since? And how many Pro Bowls they've made? No. One Tyler Eifert made in yep. 2015. He was selected in 2013. Not one other. So and I and if, that, if you don't want that to be the measuring stick, that's fine. Yeah. Well, how about all the whiffs? You right, but go it should all be. The whiffs? But it should be because 2015 they looked at Andrew Whitworth and said, "No, nah, it's. Yeah. I think you're done." Yeah. Uh, whiff on Oboihe. Whiff on Fisher. Seems like a whiff on Billy Price. Whiff on third round linebackers. Yes. Like what? So so here's. Here's now the the next step. Tyler Croft was a third round right. pick. How much of an impact did he make? Right. Here's now here's now the next step in the process that's a little worrisome. So say this team does say, okay, you know what? We're going to change the mold a little bit. Let's get some draft picks. Where's the confidence right. that you, they're going to nail no, these draft that's, picks? That's exactly because, it. Do you trust them? Because we can say whatever you want about what the Browns did and what the Dolphins are doing. You have to have someone in place at the GM role or somewhere and that says, where, you know what? That's where an I think the fan base... That's where the fall-off is here. They, they clamored for the coaching change. Yep. Okay? Didn't move the needle a whole lot. It moved it a little bit. Didn't move it a whole lot. Fans have come to that realization of, yeah, Marvin... It was time for Marvin to go, but this isn't all the Marvin issue. We've seen this. We've seen this record played out before. Yeah. It's now gotten to the point, if you don't show them that you've brought in a bona fide NFL general manager with some level of pedigree, not some yep. guy you're taking a swing on, yep. with a bona fide pedigree of building somewhere else and building successfully... You're not getting them back. Yeah, You're I mean, not look, getting them back. And I'm telling you, it's going to get worse before it gets better. It if happens. You don't do that. Right. It happens around the NFL. Kansas City had Alex Smith coming off a Pro Bowl year and drafted Patrick Mahomes because they had a plan. Yes, the Ravens had Joe Flacco still, and they they had a plan. And you can you could be bought in or not on Lamar Jackson yet, but at least they had a plan. No doubt. There's no plan in place in Cincinnati right now. And I, I know Cleveland's not playing great right now, but Cleveland right. brought in John Dorsey. He made yes. a lot of changes to that roster. Yes. Maybe some of it wasn't good, but he made a lot of changes but to that I, roster. But I guarantee if they have an opportunity to go get Trent Williams at the deadline, I bet you they do they'll it. go do it. Absolutely. I, I have no because, doubt about Because that. John Dorsey has shown that he will. Mm-hmm. We in Cincinnati have shown that we won't. No. We, we, we window dress everything with, well... We have Zach Taylor, and then I'll oh, slide this Bobby Hart deal on the back. Oh, let's Preston Brown because he's he's lost a lot of weight and he's athletic now. Like they they just try to pass that by the fan base by saying, "Look at all this attention on Zach Taylor. Look what we're doing with the coaching staff." That's, and no, then, that's all. That's oh, exactly John Jerry. Well, he was out of football last year, but he he's he's close with Jim Turner. Like that that's what they're selling us on. And you know what? If all that works, good for you. But guess right. what? It doesn't. It hasn't. It, doesn't. it isn't. And for the second time this season, one against the Bengals and last night, I watched Quan Alexander, a guy who people in this city said in the offseason overpay. You need a linebacker. Quan uh, you know, Alexander. Just a line, but Preston Brown is a linebacker. You right. need a guy who's a playmaker. Yes. And I've seen him two times live now, and I've seen Quan Alexander make a ton of plays. Yeah. Yeah. All right, so Let's say we get to the bye week. They're zero and eight, and that's a real possibility. That's an extremely real possibility. And at that point, the the day after the final game of, of the first half, before they go into that bye week, that Tuesday is the trade deadline. If they don't make a deal, what, oh. if you're a fan, and I think I think Yikes. you got some fan in you, I, yeah. I do. How do you how do you read that? I I think you are, I think you are 
on the border of losing over half your fan base. I do too. And it it, it, it that sounds drastic. Do you, think they, do you think they understand that? I don't know. I, but but if you look at the crowd Sunday, like I would say after the Seattle game where we were kind of fooled. I was fooled. It I wasn't was, like it was a sellout that next Sunday. No, it had it, the, it was more than what I thought. It was a right. solid fifty thousand, and I but, believe that. But now, if you're looking at what has come, and it, I mean, and Kyler th- Murray, first round pick, you got a chance and, to. And the thing is, you don't get that fan base back until you win no. on a grandiose level. Correct. The fan base may hang with you through some eight and eights, or even mm-hmm. through the five playoff seasons. It's disappointing you lost, but hey, this is still a good enough team to go to the playoffs. Yep. And here they go again. All right, I'm all in. Well, and then the list, there's a letdown there, and then, but you know what? Still a playoff caliber. We're yeah. past the windows closed. Well, you haven't helped yourself because you've had two bad losses at home, one blown out to the Niners, the other one where a team that you should beat, the Arizona no Cardinals, doubt. comes in and wins. So you have those two home games that fans in Cincinnati watch and cling to, and then you have the Monday night debacle where fans get to sit around on a Sunday and watch the NFL Sunday mm-hmm. ticket, or they get to watch all these competitive football games. Mm-hmm. And these fans get excited about football, and then Monday they watch that Bengals-Steelers game. And then you come to the realization that you're losing it. I don't want to shell out 70 bucks for a ticket. I've done that before. It's $500 to take a family of four to a Bengals game. I'm not going to do that. You know what? It's $500. If they get good again, Tony, I'll do that. I'll I'll do that. Okay, maybe you will, and maybe, maybe you won't. But you're taking the risk the longer you let this go on. That those fans don't ever come That's back. That's correct. That those fans just say, you know what? I can I can go watch five games at the same time, mm-hmm. and when I want, I can just turn the Bengals off. Yeah. I don't have to be at the stadium. I don't have to pay whatever for beer. I don't have to pay for tickets or for concessions or any of that. Yeah. I mean that that is that is a legit bona fide danger that you're walking right on the fence of right now, and you have a couple weeks till that trade deadline to show that it's going to be different. Because if you come out with the same team after the deadline and you got no deal for AJ Green and he's just, well, we're just gonna see what happens. I mean, how, how do you how do you sell how do you sell to a fans because it's not you're not you're not one what, player what, what, away. What if they go four and four in the oh. second half, Tony? You're not one player away. Oh no! You're that's the problem. Like if you if you could sell no, a team no, on, you know I, what? I, that's the column. That's we're going to bring AJ Green back. Yeah, that's the column. And then we're going to be aggressive. No, you're you're more than one Correct. player away. And that's why you're not you, you don't. I don't even want you to bring AJ Green no. back. I don't want you to throw that money that he deserves and yep. is owed. I want him 30- to go have a chance to play somewhere well, at the end of his career. But I don't want that money going to a 32-year-old wide receiver who's played 18 of the last 40 Bengals right. games because of injuries. And by the time you're good again, he's going to be 34, 35. So right. what, what will you hopefully do, what will you have done with that money? Right. Hopefully, good by then. And and again, yeah, hopefully. And if you listen to AJ Green because he's been the professional, he'll say he wants to stay here. And I and I, I take him at his word. Yes, well, but, that, but as an organization, care. you can't make that business no. decision. No, your you decision cannot. is a simple one. Yes. If you don't trade him by the deadline or have him signed, you have screwed up. Yep, majorly. All right, so let me let me. And that goes this. for Geno Atkins. That goes Anybody. for Andy anyone. Dalton. If any team calls, let me tell you this: If I were in a position where I wanted to blow things up, I would be on the phone with the Chicago Bears, and I'd say, "Did you watch Chase Daniels? Yeah. Do you need Andy? What Dalton? will you give me for Andy Dalton Absolutely. right now? Because you guys are a piece away. You got weapons. And you Andy, got a really good defense. Andy Dalton's not going to lose you a game. Absolutely. What do you want to give for Andy it? Dalton's as good as Mitch Trubisky, if right? Better. So, like, why wouldn't you? Yes. I. I why wouldn't you call it? Like, if I'm if I'm watching last night, and I say, man, look at the 49ers. Legit running game. Legit O line. You want AJ Green? A good quarterback. A dominant defensive line. What don't they have? They don't have a. They don't have a receiver. number receiver. No, they, they've got a, they've got some guys. They don't what, have a dominant. Wide Kyle receiver. Shanahan. You oh. want you want to have a weapon like AJ Green? What are you guys giving up for him? Like that, you need to be proactive if you're the Cincinnati Absolutely. Bengals, a team that struggles with a pass rusher. Hey, 
Geno Atkins. So now I'm going to ask you to play crystal ball. Do you believe they do something like that? Every part of me wants to say yes, but historically, from what I've seen, no. <laughs> and, and that comes from the CBS Sports, uh, the article when yes. they talked about A.J. Green. They interviewed not just media, not just fans. They GMs. interviewed GMs, and those GMs had the same sentiment. This team is set up to be set up like the Raiders and the Dolphins going forward if they do it right. This team is, has, has players that are just asking. This roster is asking to be flipped over. But the feeling around the league amongst GMs is what? That's not how Mike Brown operates. So if other GMs feel that way, then why should I feel any different? No, I think that's a fair comment. All right, let's talk a couple, a couple other quick NFL uh, topics. Um, I don't know what to make of the Cleveland Browns. I, I really thought that they looked like the team I believe they were going to be against Baltimore, yep. and then Monday night was a disaster. And um, maybe it says more about San Francisco. Maybe I should be looking more in that direction. But we talked last week. I think you thought the Ravens were still the team to beat in the division. And yep. After this weekend, I think it's almost clear-cut that they are, yes? Yes. The, Raven, the Ravens are the team to beat. Extremely disappointed in the Browns last night because they weren't even competitive. No. So, what I look at now is a team in the Browns sitting at 2-3. and three, Seattle, New England, mm-hmm. back-to-back. You could legitimately be sitting at 2-5. and five. Yeah, and that's a hard hole to dig out of. Even though, and I know after that it's Broncos, Bills, Steelers, Dolphins, Steelers, Bengals, Bengals, times, Bengals yeah. Cardinals. They, they could legitimately win 8 of 9 yes. out of that stretch. But if you go 2-5, and five, what happens to that locker room? That's, what happens that's to Odell Beckham? Yeah, what happens? the interesting part. Because I think, if, honestly, I think if they get out of the next two weeks at 1-1, one one, I think this team can still make a I run. I do, too, because of I think schedule, they can get the 9 or 10 yeah. wins because of their schedule. Because they're going to start jailing. Because, because they'll, outside of having Nick Chubb, they'll add Kareem Hunt as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think all that comes together. I think Freddie Kitchens at, at some point figures it out. Um, Does he? I don't know. <laughs> the, the hole they dug themselves into last night is tough to play from the Cleveland team you saw last week because yes. they started it with Nick Chubb. You got into a hole last night. It's hard to start with Nick Chubb. And, and again... A lot of that, too, is Kyle Shanahan and what they're yeah, doing. That's what I'm I mean, just, they look I, really good. I'm starting to look at that Frisco team a lot differently. I yep. think they're, they've got a lot of good parts, and you're right. They're missing one major piece, and that is a number one wide receiver. Yeah, and, and for Baltimore, you have to say yes because— I still don't think they're a great team. No, but— As you look in this division, they're, they're, the, they're beat, at least the most complete of the bunch. They beat Pittsburgh, and as I like to say, now they have a homecoming game coming up this week. The get right game. Well, they don't no. have to get right. They don't have to, they've already gotten no. right a little bit. This is a homecoming this is game. Homecoming. This okay. is like the, the teams. Are, okay, well, week eight, we have homecoming. Who can we schedule? How many, time, how many times at Reading were you the homecoming opponent? We were never the homecoming opponent. Okay. Well, now they might be. I had be. a nerve. I, I had now a nerve they might that. be. But no, the Bengals are essentially a homecoming opponent. <laughs> it's Ravens homecoming this week. Bengals are coming into town. They just gave up 266 to get, Arizona. Get, get, get the floats together. Yep, here we go. All right. Um, what's up with Patrick Mahomes and what's up with Kansas City? Well, they they continue. No Tyreek Hill. Sammy Watkins went out of the game. Uh, their running game hasn't been as efficient as it has been. So teams can zero in on Travis Kelsey, and they're playing with a lot of unproven receivers. Yeah. They're going to get Tyreek Hill back. They're going to get Sammy Watkins back. That defense with with um, who is it? Uh, the Honey Badger yep. is going to get remember. better. Yeah, I, I I don't worry about the Kansas City Chiefs. I I worry. The only worry I have is is this ankle problem that Mahomes yes. has going on because if he's not able to move and be mobile because you saw the play he makes when he gets out of the pocket and what he's able to do with being creative. I, I don't worry about the Chiefs. They're only going to get better because they get healthier. The team that's blowing me away right now is what the New Orleans Saints have done without without Drew Brees. I, well, and that I, defense is really good. The defense is really good, and I knew that 
when you have the best backup quarterback in the league, it's going to help you. I mean, Teddy was a starter. If Teddy right. doesn't doesn't shatter his leg or right. almost have it taken clean off, I'm ju- I'm just amazed the, the, that the Vikings probably still have Teddy as their starter, and they didn't have to go out and sign Kirk Cousins for crazy money, right? right. I mean, so yeah, they've got a starting there's, caliber quarterback. There's been, I mean, the the Oakland that's a surprise, three and two. It is. They I, seem to find an identity. Well, and, and to put 30, and, 24 on the best defense in the NFL, and we can laugh at Mike Mayock because he's yep. he's been a little bit goofy, but but. I mean, Josh Jacobs is starting. But that was a move, right? Round picks. That he, was he put his foot in the ground on Antonio Brown. Right, like Mike Mayock. That was a move for. It wasn't yes. just Gruden, right? Bring in Mike Mayock and let him. And now you look what the the Raiders have in the upcoming drafts. You look what the Dolphins have in the upcoming drafts. But out of anyone, I would say uh, in the NFL, disappointing wise, I don't know how Atlanta's as bad as they are. I don't either. I, and I think Dan Quinn's a good yeah, coach. The receiving core, I just don't get it. I'm surprised, well, Carolina. Feel, feel, I swear to God, it feels like, and I've got Matt Ryan as a fantasy quarterback, yeah. so it works out for me. It feels like every week I look up and they're down two touchdowns and yep. he's having to chuck it 50 53 times. Yeah, it's unbelievable. Which is good for me. And good I thought Devontae team. Freeman was a good back. I do too. So that, but defensively, they're a yeah. wreck. I question that. Um, but to me, the the most two most impressive things to me, Russell Wilson still hasn't thrown an interception. I'll tell you what. His offensive line is terrible. <laughs> it really for those that don't watch enough Seattle, yeah. and maybe you watch, hopefully you watch the Thursday night game, it is honestly, I don't know another quarterback in the league, no. and I mean this, Tom Brady included, yep. that could do the things that Russell Wilson does with that offense. It's almost like you're playing backyard football, yep. and you know how you used to have the Mississippis, right? Yeah. Well, the other team doesn't get doesn't have to count the Mississippi, so yep. you've got to take the snap, and without anybody right. blocking for you, run around until somebody gets open and create a play, the, and he the, does it every single time. And to not have any turnovers. Yes. To be that good with the ball. That, that to me, I, I, is a huge takeaway. And then the other one, how Carolina is doing this right now with Kyle Allen. I, I, I McCaffrey is getting like 44% of the offensive snap. Like, at some point, his body has to just stop. Like, you, you can't be that What does involved. it say about Cam? I, I think there's a I, – I thought before when Cam started to struggle this season, and I think I said it on here, I think I could see him walking away much earlier in his career right. than you'd expect. Maybe this year, maybe next year, because he's just not enjoying the game. No, right. The list of injuries, the Super Bowl where Von Miller basically, I mean, it, it felt like gave him three concussions by himself. Uh, but I'm, I'm, I can't believe Christian McCaffrey can do what he's doing when the opposing teams know on first down he's getting it, on second down he's getting and it, on, on third, third down, down he's, he's an getting op- it. He's an option. Like, I, I just don't understand how they, he's playing the, that well. The receivers are pretty good. you got Greg yeah. Olson as a tight end, and, and, and the kid playing quarterback, the Allen kid's done great. Yes. He's done great things. Yep. It's so, been a surprise. It has been. It's weird uh, that a team can win with like a backup quarterback or a bad offensive line and all this stuff. Yeah. It's crazy. How do you scheme around that? I don't yeah. know. Yeah. It's, it's crazy. I, I just don't know. All right. When we come back, we'll talk some high school football. Big, big games Huge. coming up. We'll talk about that and much, much more college football still ahead. It's the Angry Quarterbacks from the James Rapine Memorial Studio and your friends at ESPN. Why haven't we heard from James since the John Ross week? Or the or the uh, Baker Mayfield. Yeah. He's, he's all in on Baker, too. He was all ready to call in. Yeah, we'll get, I'll tell you what. After, we'll, get, yeah. we'll, we'll get him back after this week. Yeah, we'll see what happens. All right, we'll see how it goes. We'll be back after this. Getting answers, finding solutions. Local 12 News investigates. As soon as we called you, everything happened very quickly. Not afraid to ask the tough questions. Taking action, getting the truth. Local 12 News investigates. Welcome back in to the Angry Quarterbacks from the James Rapine Memorial Studio. I'm Richard Skinner from Local 12 and Local12.com with the real quarterback, Tony Pike. Quarterback whisperer to many young lads in this area. Tell them where they can find your your uh, your product and how they can get a hold of you Cincy to QB, teach their quarterbacks. CincyQBAcademy.com. I, like I like it. Go check it out. Uh, just All you have to do is email on that. We'll get all the emails. 
get you set up, especially as the season in high school winds down. We'll pick up a lot of the training. There's only really a handful of guys to get to during the season, but once the season is over, uh, it's, a, it's a really good time to, to get not only physically but mentally better as a quarterback. No doubt about it. All right, let's talk some high school football in this segment. A um, couple of big games. We'll start with probably the biggest game of the week, LaSalle undefeated at Covenant Catholic undefeated. I did the uh, LaSalle Moeller game for Star 64 um, last Friday. It was tape delayed and uh, came away very impressed with LaSalle. They got a quarterback that can run it. They got some dynamic athletes. Defensively, they're really physical. I don't know what they would be like if they have to play from behind. Yeah. Um, I think he's a capable passer. I don't know if he's a, a dynamic passer. And they don't ask him to pass it a lot, Zach Branham. But he did run for 253 yards uh, the other night. And Covcath has dominated Northern Kentucky teams this year. They've played six, and they've outscored them 270-9. to nine. But the one team from out of the area they played, Lexington Catholic, was a 39-38 game. So I think this... I've had Covcath rated ahead of LaSalle all season long in our local 12.com uh, poll, or uh, ranking, rather, our top 12 ranking. I've moved LaSalle ahead of them this week. And based on what I saw from LaSalle, I think they're probably the, the, the favorite going into that game. But certainly a great matchup. Two undefeated teams, uh, a cross-river showdown on a Friday yeah. night. I think that's a fun matchup to have. Well, I, I First of all, I credit both these teams for scheduling this. Yes. Because that's not a something you really put in the schedule, especially and for for Cuffcat, this comes right well. This comes in the middle of their their district schedule right. to some degree. And, and for Lasalle, I mean, you're you're taking the risk of scheduling a Cuffcat when you know the GCL gauntlet that you're going to run well, through and the scheduling gauntlet that you're well, going to run. How about through. how about what they got left? This is Lasalle starting with the Cuffcat game. Here's what they got yep. left after Cuffcat: Saint X, Winton Woods, Elder. Yeah. How about the easiest game on there might be Cuffcat, right? And they're seven and zero oh and. Have lost one game in the last three right. years, and I don't want to consider that an easy game. I just wow. when I think of Cubcat, I think of Mayer. Yeah, Mike Mayer is outstanding. I think of whether offensively or defensively, him being able to dominate a game versus a team in LaSalle who really team defensively they're really good are all over the place. And and I'm with you though. I think for LaSalle, the question that has to be asked is if you get behind early. Or if you're forced to have to throw the ball some, can, can you, you do that? Because when they're passing now, it's when they want to pass right. the ball. And it's easy when you're being able to run the ball that easy. Yes. It's, it's it's easy to play action. 464 yards right. against Moeller. I know this is a bad Moeller team yeah. and all, but still 464 yeah. yards. That's tough to even do if, if a team's not trying. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And that's tough to do in a practice. Like Moeller wasn't trying Correct. on a couple of plays, for goodness sakes. Um, so that's the big matchup of the week. Also this week, though, I think a pretty good matchup. Fairfield taking on Princeton at yeah. Princeton. This is a Princeton team that got a lot of hype to start the year. They've got uh, arguably the, the highest-rated offensive lineman in the country, at least one of them in Paris Johnson, is going to Ohio State. They got big Darian Henry on the defensive line who's going to Ohio State. They got Jaheim Thomas, who I love watching him play. Mm-hmm. He's going to UC. Um, they've got some dudes, and yet they stumbled against Sycamore. Um, they've been sloppy at times with, with their performance. They've, they've committed a lot of penalties. It looked like their season was heading down the tubes against Lakota East, down two touchdowns in the second half, found a way to come back. Struggled for a half with Middletown last week, but then won that comfortably. I think they're a team that's talented enough to beat Fairfield, but Fairfield just feels like a team yeah. that this has been kind of a two- or three-year process for them, and this is kind of where it's all built up to with this group, and they're undefeated. They've got a great running back in Juton McLean. They've played well defensively. I, I, I think this is just this is such a fun matchup because of what's still at stake for both of these teams. For Princeton, they lose. They're going to have to really fight to get yeah. to the playoffs, um, and they still have Lakota West on the schedule. Uh, for Fairfield, they still have Cole Rain at the end of the year, so now they're fighting for playoff positioning. They're mm-hmm. comfortably in the playoffs, but uh, no, just, I think just a really good matchup because there are some dudes on that field on Friday night at Princeton High School. Yeah, you're, you're going to see dudes all over the field. And the interesting thing is, I think Princeton 
may have read the the clippings a little bit before the season because everyone kind of anointed them. Well, they're going to win the GMC. This is the year the torch has passed, and Fairfield and Colerain have kind of sat here like, eh, let's <laughs> let's wait and see that. And and the interesting thing about high school football, it, it's hard to dominate at certain positions. It's hard to have a dominant offensive lineman and still be shirt up on the whole offensive line. Defensive end, you just run the other way. Linebacker, you put them in different different situations. So in, in high school football, the quarterback, the running back position, those are the important skill positions where you could erase a lot of problems you have on the team. And for that, Princeton hasn't found that. They and for not. Fairfield – they have. They've got Utah McLean. I mean, it stops right. there. And so the quarterbacks have, played well. So right. Ellis has played very well. And and again, when you have Utah McLean, it's easy to run play action pass. It's easy to move the pocket. You know what else it's easy to do? Hand him the ball and let him go. Correct. <laughs> so Fairfield, to me, set up when you look at the end of the year, you look at cold weather, inclement weather. They play defense and they run the ball. Yeah. For sure. And when you're asking about Princeton, I don't know yet. I don't either. I, I, I it's kind of like what we talked about with the Bengals. I don't, I don't know what Princeton is. I, I know they have a talented roster. Yeah, I, I think it starts with the quarterback. MJ Horton yeah. is, is a terrific runner. And I mean to tell you, if he gets in any kind of space, I don't care. You're not catching right. him. He might be the fastest kid I've watched in space this year. And I've seen some really good athletes. I mean, when he gets long stride, you ain't getting him. Problem is, he's. He, I don't even want to say he's an inconsistent passer. He's not a very good passer at all. Right. He really struggles Big time in that area. And for Princeton, when you when you have these high expectations and you go into a game like this, if you they really haven't played a complete game, no, they haven't even come close. If you do struggle against Fairfield, that's a lot of pressure on the rest of the season because a team that was picked to do great things now borderline can they make the playoffs is a tough pill to swallow. But also a team that if they make the playoffs, they you can win at any they yeah, can win any given face. week. You don't want to face. Speaking of the playoffs, the Harbin's out the, the latest in Region Four. Fairfield is number one. Saint X number two. Elder number three. What did you make of the Saint X Elder um, result? I guess. Well, for the first time this year, Matthew Reeve turned the ball over, and I think you see the uh, the problems that come with that. So for Saint X, it's simple: can't turn the ball over. Play with your tempo because you know Saint X can score. Saint X is not as good defensively as we've seen right. them in the past. Right. Uh, but still, they got themselves in a position to have a chance at the end of that game. Uh, but for me, this comes down to Elder was the more impressive team. Elder got the stops when they need to. They got the turnovers. And what they can do offensively with that offensive line and the tight end play, they are a team, again, built for the end of the season, built for playoff football in Cincinnati. Is and, they a, well, and, and they have a coach that's been there and done yeah, right, it before. Exactly. Doug Ramsey, his son, Drew Ramsey, scored a big touchdown the other night. There's been three Ramseys now to go through Elder. Drew might be the most talented, and Peyton's playing at Indiana. Right, right. Uh, that says a lot about what Elder still has coming down the pipeline as well. Yeah, Colerain is number four in this week's Harbin. They just won their 79th straight Greater Miami just Conference do what they game. do. They do what they do is exactly right. Lakota West is fifth. That's Tom Bolden, the former Colerain coach, getting some things done at mm-hmm. Lakota West. His son's a, a freshman playing quarterback and uh, hold his own. I know he threw three interceptions last Friday, but they still won 35 nothing. Uh, he ran for 80-some-odd yards in that game. Princeton is number six. Sycamore is seven. They've slid after that big win over Sycamore, over uh, Princeton, rather, sitting at 3-3. Three and three. Walnut Hills actually sits at number eight. Uh, and Mason, which has rallied here of late, uh, has won, uh, what, three in a row? Yeah, three in a row to get to three and three. But, boy, they're scheduled to finish it out. Yeah, They've got West, easy. Colerain, Middletown, which should be a win, and Princeton to end things up. So, very tall task for the Mason Comets to get in the playoffs. In Division Two, Region 8, 
Uh, Turpin continues to roll along. They're undefeated. They're number one this week. LaSalle is two. Harrison checks in at number four. We talked about them a little bit last week. Harrison's only loss is to undefeated East Central, and that mm-hmm. was an overtime game, 10-7, to so they're having a very nice season. And Winton Woods is at number seven. Anderson is at number eight. Winton Woods lost its second straight game to a team from Missouri, Christian Brothers. I'm guessing it's a very good program. I'm yeah. assuming it is. They lost two in a row to St. Edward um, and, and Christian Brothers, two uh, Division One level teams. They're going to get in the playoffs as long as they beat Edgewood this week, but they still have Elder and LaSalle to yeah. play here. So, I mean, it's it's tough. That, but, again, they're going to be sitting maybe at 6, 7, or brutal. 8. And that team, like a Turpin at the top or a LaSalle at the top, would LaSalle may have to match them up in back-to-back weeks. Yeah, that's terrible. That, that is something that is going to be extremely difficult to do because Winton Woods, they schedule high. Yes. They schedule tough for the reason for view and vision of the playoffs. And again, Mayan Williams, what they can do offensively. I would, it, it's a disservice if they finish at a seven or eight and Turpin or LaSalle has to play them. I agree. I mean, that, that, that will be, that'll be, I mean, it'll, it'll be and a especially heck of a game. LaSalle, it would be back to back weeks potentially. And, and Turpin, them. a team that we've barely talked about and just going about their business yep. all year. It, yeah, it's been I, impressive. And I got I to give them nothing but credit because they, yep. they've, they've, they've done some great things, especially offensively. I just don't know if the ECC. Right. Matches up with what Winton Woods is facing each week, what LaSalle faces in most weeks. Correct. But I think you and I talked, if if you can finish where you finish, maybe you don't have to play both. Maybe right. you only got to play Skip one. one. And that, that, that beating the one would, would be a lot better than trying to beat both. In Division Three, Region 12, um, the local teams, Hamilton Baden, which got a very nice win, uh, belted altar this past week. They're at number three. Franklin is five. Ross sits at six. And Hughes, the big red, mm-hmm. sitting at number eight. How about that? They're five and one. In Division Four, the top two teams, I think they're destined to meet at the end of the season, with yep. one of them having one loss in Indian Hill, which is number two, and Wyoming being undefeated. Wyoming, this this season, has given up all of 20 points. It seemed, and how in the world did your Reddings get six of those 20 ooh, on Wyoming? Huh? Yep. It seems death taxes in Wyoming Indian Hill in the CHL. Yeah, and, and for, in the final game yes. for, the, for the title. Uh, Clinton Massey is number four. Roger Bacon sits at number six. And Bethel Tate would be in the playoffs if it started the day sitting at number eight. McNick is a couple spots down sitting at number 10. And that is in Division Four, Region uh, 16. In Division Five, Region 21, Summit Country Day. They sit at number two. I'm going to be broadcasting their game this Saturday night as they play at, or they host Norwood. That is going to be a mismatch of epic proportions. Mm. Norwood being outscored by almost 40 points a game on average, and Summit Country Day is undefeated. CHCA, and I think they're really good. They sit yeah. at number three. Taft, we talked about them last yep. week. They're number four in a very good team. Got to keep an Division eye out for the Blue Devils. Very good. And Madeira, which just lost to uh, to Wyoming, sits at number eight. Marymount's fell, fallen down. They're down all the way down where to the 10th. Where are the Blue Devils sitting? Blue Devils are sitting at number 19. Big homecoming win against Taylor. Two and four. There you go. Got to like the progress, right? They're not mathematically eliminated yet, right? No, they're not, I don't think. There we go. In Division 6, the only local team of note in there is Deer Park, which sits at number 6. See what the Park's got left this year. The Park still has to play. Oh, they got Wyoming this week. Then 4-2 and two Madeira, 4-2 oh. and two Marymount, and 2-4 and four Redding. That's their homecoming. <laughs> <laughs> that's, a, that's a tough way to finish to try yeah. to make the playoffs as they sit at number 6. And in, Dece- in Division 7... Uh, New Miami sits at number one. They're actually still ranked in the AP poll. There were, you know, there are twelve local schools ranked this this week in the AP poll like in the state. I like it too. Um, and that in Cincinnati College Prep sits at number five in Kentucky. How about the upset of the week last week? Connor beating Highlands twenty to seventeen it was. Um, I saw Connor early in the year. Um, I love their quarterback, Jared Hicks. He played basketball for me in AAU. Um, he's, he's probably going to play somewhere in college. Maybe not at that position, but he's going to play somewhere in in college. Uh, is was that Highlands peeking ahead? Maybe I I I haven't 
seen Highlands as much this year, but it has to be. Is, I know their offensive line has struggled big time. It, it has to be because this was the year and this was the talk going in, can Highlands close the gap on Covcath? And, and maybe it was looking ahead or maybe it just Connor just outplaying him. Uh, either way, that's a, a tough loss. But now – And that was a district game too. Right, now regroup, try to move forward and, and right the ship. There you go. All right, so when we come back, we got some college football to talk about. Big game for the UC Bearcats yes. over UCF last Friday night. We'll talk about that and national topics and more as we continue. We broadcast from the James Rapine Memorial Studios. I'm Richard Skinner. He's Tony Pike. It's the Angry Quarterbacks from your friends at ESP Media. Alabama Fish Bar, the Taste of Cincinnati 2017 winner. Alabama Fish Bar located in Over the Rhine at 1601 Race Street, Cincinnati. Go to alabamafishbar.com to learn more about this 26-year-old staple serving the freshest fish in historic downtown Cincinnati. Open Monday through Saturday, 11 a.m. to 9 p.m. Closed all major holidays. Welcome back into segment three of the Angry Quarterbacks. We've talked some Bengals in the NFL. Talked a lot about that. High school football. And as always, we could talk some college football as well. Let's start uh, very locally where the UC Bearcats Friday night with a very impressive win over UCF. 27-24. First time in, what, 16 games, I think? Something like that, that UCF has not scored 30-plus. 31 games. 31 games. Is more 31 than games yeah, of 30-plus points. Uh, which is pretty impressive. I think we started to talk last week and maybe convince ourselves that UC had more than a fighting chance in mm-hmm. this game. The more the more I look at that Ohio State game, I, I know that was so disappointing for UC fans at the yeah. time because you had the high hopes that, ah, we can go in there, we can compete with them. No, you can't. Right. Uh, but I, I get it. Um, I think the more we've watched Ohio State play out, they're just that good. And, yeah. you know, that defense that day I thought actually had a pretty played a pretty good game. This defense has played really well, and I thought Friday night they did a great job. I know you were there, just, just your overall the, impressions. Here's the, here's the thought. First on the Ohio State game, that game, as bad as it ended, was 7 nothing after a quarter. Mm-hmm. UC was driving. They and miss a field goal. The, or had it blocked or was it yeah. blocked or missed, whatever. Yeah. Missed a field goal. Uh, they have a couple opportunities in the red zone to at least come away with points. 42 nothing looked a little bit worse. What Ohio State's done since then. But it's really been UC after the bye. Des Ritter has looked comfortable. I think he's getting used to the offensive line that's not as dominant as right. it was last year. That Marshall game was the most complete game that I've seen in a long time. And UCF was that signature win that this team needed. And I'll tell you what, when you say you went into the UCF game and you won it with your defense, that's something you don't think. You think, oh, we're going to we're gonna have to outscore them because they're going to they're gonna put up points. Here, here's the stat that blew me away defensively. UCF ran 58 plays offensively in the first half. That's incredible. 58. So you're sitting there at halftime and you're looking at the stat sheet and in your head, how can they physically keep that up with 58 plays they just played? How are the they defense not, that makes the play with right, the pick six. How are they not dead tired? Marcus Freeman, uh, the defensive coordinator, Brady Collins, a strength coach, should both be commended because those well, guys I, battled. I, I, and you, I only got a chance to watch the fourth quarter. Yeah. I listened to the third quarter as I was driving from the high school game I did. Watched the fourth quarter when I got home. I know they've been doing some of that one and one a stuff where they've been yeah. trying to get guys well, they, they played 22 guys That's what I was wondering, how much, they, how much they did that. Okay. And it was more like a, they played like a 3-3-5 set, which was very different. They relied on their defensive line to stop the running game. Uh, they were able to do that to a point, and as Coach Coach Fickle said, you know going in against UCF you're going to give up points, but you have to win in the red zone, and they did. I think that UCF had six trips to the red zone, and you hold them to 24 right. points. I mean, you're that that is really really good work, Michael Warren. It, it's almost like a you expect him to go over 100 yards. He goes for 130 plus again. Uh, Desmond Ritter wasn't great. He was solid, did a job, but it was that defense. 
And again, that's a defense of young guys that are still playing really well. And James Smith, you got to talk about James Smith, the punter. Five punts inside the 20. He's really good. Four of them inside the 10. The that was, is, he's great at mixing up how he does it, right. too. He really is. Yep. He's, he's, he's outstanding. And, and one of those punts led to the pick six with UCF backed up a little bit. And I think what's great and what kind of encompasses Luke Fickle's signature win is that the AAC Defensive Player of the Week was Jarrell White. Yep. A guy that, if this was the Tupperville era, probably wouldn't have ended up at UC because he didn't recruit Cincinnati. Jarrell White was the first commit from this area to commit to Luke Fickle. Oh, Sal guy, for those yep. that maybe don't know. And I think that's kind of full circle that that, that started the, the ball rolling on local recruiting for this Cincinnati team that you see pay dividends right now. Now the way this team is playing, and now when we start, we, we always play schedule games, right? Yep. You, you look at them in different stages. Um, this week it's at Houston. It's a much different Houston team. They got yeah. a nice win, though, over North Texas what a couple here's, of weeks ago. Here's what I'll say about the Houston team. I throw out their first four games because Derek King's not there. Their top right. receiver's not right. there anymore. And they I, went one and three. Yeah, I watched them against North Texas. North Texas was favored by eight in I that know. game. And they dominated. And Houston came out and won 46-25. to Patrick Carr, uh, three touchdowns he ran for. Clayton Toon, the quarterback, threw for 124, ran for 100. This team can get after it on the ground. They can ground and pound. But North, I just have a lot of faith in this UC defense. Yeah, right now. and, I just and do. you do. It, it, this defense feels like something different. The only other the, – the, the, the thing to worry about as a UC fan is coming off sure. that win. Uh, absolutely. Traveling to Texas mm-hmm. to play a team. And, and this isn't a Dana Holgerson team that's going to throw it around 60 times. They're going to try to play ball control and run the ball. You can't afford a Miami of Ohio slow start. Absolutely. You can't afford a UCLA slow start. You take care of business like you did the last two weeks, you'll get out of there just fine. Yeah, you get through this game. I mean, you got Tulsa at home. I don't yep. care where they play Tulsa, they're better. East Carolina on the road. Uh, Connecticut's terrible. Oh. At South Florida, which most years you go, uh, nope. they're, they're not very good. Temple, Temp- Temple's been up and down. but uh, Temple defensively can pose problems, but yeah. they're not going to do anything offensively. I mean, it comes down to the showdown the last yep. week, maybe, at Memphis. and Memphis is le- Now, Memphis is legit. Yes. They're ranked 23rd, UC's 25th. Memphis is more than legit. If both those teams take care of business from now until then, that could you could, be have, you could have you could have them play each other the last week and then and then again and then again for the championship. But that could essentially be a game to play in a New Year's Six yes. Bowl. Yes, agreed. Because both those teams are now ranked, I think twenty five and twenty two. So you went out uh, yeah. twenty three. Memphis is you went out. Yeah. You're just going to keep rising. Rankings, yeah. You're going to have a chance at the end of the year to play a really really meaningful game uh, with some uh, big implications on the line. Uh, Ohio State off this week, but. Um, they they the beat goes on. They've they've gotten to the point where I think they're the second best team in the country, if not the best. Yeah, I I, I find it hard right now just because I haven't seen Alabama playing. I think I'm going to tag Alabama still. Yep, but I man chase Young defensively. They have the weapons defensively. And we talked about one-two punch in the NFL. What right now? Right now, how about you, Dobbins and Fields? Yeah, right now when you go into a game, and I I did this when I we, I've in a couple of pools each week where you pick some games against the spread. And yep. I'm not here to tell you I'm a whiz at it always, but I had a good college week. I mean, I started in my mind with Ohio State with a number of 40 points in my head before the game even started. They didn't get there. Mm-hmm. They got the 34. But the number in my head was 40. Yep. And then I started thinking, Michigan State can't score more than 10. And that's about what that's in it, what they what they had. Yep. I mean, that, that's where this team is right now. I, Ohio State struggled out of the gate and yeah, still put up 34. Still put up 34. Against but one the of the best is, defense though, in the country. The thing is, their defense is... I don't want to say it's as good as their offense, but it's damn close. Well, you but you look at like a. So I the, mean, are you, are you? Here's the thing: Are you going to beat them in a shootout? No. No. Um, are you going to hold them to no. seventeen? And that's no. like the thing. So I look at Oklahoma. So who beats them? Oklahoma gives up points defensively. They're better though than they've been. LSU is not good defensively this year. 
No, but they're really good. Clemson has been – I mean, the the top five, six teams in the country are really good. You, you can make a case for all of them. Yeah, I mean, if you go down – yeah, Alabama's won this, this week in the AP poll. Alabama's won, Clemson is two, and they're – Taking on some yeah. water, but they're going to get through the ACC right. unscathed, and it's not going to make any difference. Georgia, Ohio and if, State, and if they don't, three. Yeah, Georgia, Ohio State tied for third. LSU is fifth. Oklahoma, sixth. God love Florida. They've shown a great amount of, of pluck. I mean, the, the the win at Kentucky, they got a little lucky. Kid misses the just, field goal. They just can't They can't keep the, this up. No, correct. The win against Auburn was was at home, and, and thanks to the Knicks kid throwing some picks, I, I don't think they can either. Wisconsin is interesting to me. Just because I know they didn't play well the week before against Northwestern, yep. But here's what they, here's what they and the problem is they got to go to Ohio State, right? That, that, and they're not beating Ohio, which State is essentially Ohio State. an elimination yes, game. Yes, correct. So they get eliminated there. So you're right; it does. It comes down to probably those top six. But teams. you get that this week: Florida, LSU play each other. Yep. Uh, Texas, Oklahoma play each other. Yeah, I I, I think Oklahoma. I do, Texas. but but that's still a game you can yes. slip up in. Well, I don't think I. The thing is, I don't think an Oklahoma can lose a game. I don't think they can afford to lose. I don't no. think Clemson can lose a game. No, I don't. I don't think LSU because you take. I them, think LSU. What if LSU loses a close one to they, Bama? Well, I'm saying if if LSU were to lose this week and then lose to Bama, they're obviously done. Yes, and but, they still have Georgia yeah. too. I mean, LSU still has or right. Florida still has Georgia on, on, on its schedule as yeah, well. So. so. Things will play out, but it should be an exciting week of, weekend of, of college football. And Miami, after a week off, gets uh, gets back to it as they take on uh, Western Michigan this week. And Kentucky, supposedly Sawyer Smith's going to quarterback. We'll see. If not, it's the wide receiver, Lynn Bowden, as they take on Arkansas. What's happened to that program over the years? Oh, Last 20 years. They've, they've, that, gone, they've gone way downhill. That's a, what are they, 0-2 in the SEC? I believe so, and they lost a, here, I'm going to look them up, they lost a bad game outside the league on top of that, too, or, or maybe got a, got a close win. They're, they're they're just not very good. Let me look up the... San Jose they're, State they're, beat they're them. They're 2-3, that's who it was, yeah. I mean, how does San Jose oh. State beat an SEC yeah, school? Yeah, that's bad. That, that can't happen. Um, yeah, they've lost back-to-back games against San Jose State and then Texas A&M. Played Texas A&M pretty tough. Um, also lost to Ole Miss, and that game is in Lexington. So Kentucky will try to get back to the 500 mark and win its first SEC game of the year. Any final thoughts on anything we've talked about in this program today, Tony Pike? Make a move, Bengals. Make a move. It's simple. Hire a GM. Make it happen. Yes. Make it happen. All right, very good. Appreciate it, as always, for our executive producer, Rob Evil and Tony Pike. I'm Richard Skinner. Thanks for being with us. This has been Angry Quarterbacks from the James Rapine Memorial Studio. And your friends in SPD. Bye.